Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed, which, my friends, of course, means I am Ken Napson. <laughs> and it means, by just decree of the galaxy itself, that I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I feel, uh, feel very proper that, uh, that we are destined to be on our own podcast. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best thing about working for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be horrible if we just woke up one day and we had a message from some mysterious alternate versions of ourselves saying, you're, you're off the podcast. Well, look, I, I'll be, but recently I had to lay myself off from a company I started. So yeah, it does happen. It does happen. It is very weird when you kind of work for yourself. You are your own boss and your own employee and you both uh, work for and are a bleep. 
<laughs> it's the best. It's the best. Hey, uh, we are going to dive into some Star Wars news. As expected, uh, a little less of a, a news dump this week with the Disney Plus Day. We're still dealing with the Disney Plus celebrations and fallouts. We can talk about that. We're going to get some great questions today. I always love, I always make notes on every question, but I love when I go, when I say to myself, during coffee and an English muffin. Oh, I better get to those question notes. Um, <laughs> uh, right, before we get to all that, I want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, as always, whoever Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you, yes, you should try out on us. And Joseph, as uh, we like to say around these parts, that's not all. No, that is not all. We have another offer, Inside Editions. They're a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books and other pop culture books as well. They are offering 35% off across their website if you use this special link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are recommending the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Sith. It is a great peek into the mind of Sheev Palpatine. we got a great question coming up later about the dyad. In the Secrets of the Sith book, you get to read some of Sheev's thoughts, emphasis on their Sheev's thoughts about the dyad. So if you're curious about some of that dyad discussion uh, burning up the Star Wars social media <laughs> world, <laughs> check out Secrets of the Sith and you decide for yourself what Sheev is saying. Again, you can use this link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. Check that all out. Love it, love it, love it. Star Wars or life adventures. Uh, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, hopefully you have a, a real a robust adventure. I'm putting a lot of pressure on you this week. I only have one little thing. Oh, uh, yeah, no, uh, mine isn't uh, terribly, well, is it robust or not? I will let the audience decide. Um, yeah, sometimes it's like, well, I had this sort of emotional thing going on. And sometimes it's like, I bought a thing. Uh, this week is an I bought a thing, but it was very emotional. Uh, my wife and I went to Target over the weekend, and that's always fun. I always have a, a fond place in my heart for Target because my wife has, as you and I have discussed, has adopted um, the, yeah, no, we're mostly here for like English muffins and toilet paper, but we're going to go to the toy aisle first, you know? <laughs> um, and they, I had seen it before, and I had resisted purchasing it. And then this time I was like, ah, it is limited edition, I, uh, but it's big. It's going to take up a lot of space in my home. And my wife, Sarah, was very kindly like, we can make space. <laughs> <laughs> Started discussing the dimensions of our closet if needed. Anyway, here's what I got, Ken. Yeah. Uh, I've been wanting something that has that uh, 50th Lucasfilm anniversary, uh, you know, insignia on it. A merch mm, yeah. uh, thing that was uh, created for that. I got a recreation of the uh, 70s, 80s. Ben Cooper Halloween masks. Uh, I got one of Yoda. Nice. Have, Ken, have you seen these in Target? Uh, I try. I don't think so, because uh, I usually go to that mini Target, as you know, which has sixty <laughs> percent of what the other targets have. Yeah, this this is a pretty big box, so it would take up a lot of space in that mini Target. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For anybody who doesn't, you know, uh, either remember or never knew or whatever, uh, so Ben Cooper produced a lot of the kind of uh, iconic, you know, plastic masks. Uh, I think people who were alive back then and wore them for like Halloween, you know, you can smell the plastic in your memory. <laughs> yeah. But they've also popped up in in lots of movies, both made in the '80s or things that are nostalgic about the '80s. And I'm sure they're in Stranger Things. Uh, but they had, you know, Vader, three PO, Stormtrooper, and then Yoda. And so the the box is a recreation with that's got this like great 
you know, kind of old school art with, you know, uh, Luke and Leia from their New Hope look and the X-Wing zipping up and a really different Star Wars logo that has like the kind of the harsh perspective of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the, like, like the crawl of uh, that perspective. Uh, and it, it's the beautiful old school look, right? The, so the, yeah. just the box is cool. Uh, but then because Yoda has the ears, there's the little plastic window. Everybody else is just, oh, that's that's Darth Vader's face. That's the stormtrooper. Yeah. But for Yoda, he's at this weird angle. So in the window, he's at a total diagonal, and it's just his eyes popping out. It looks like Yoda <laughs> is trapped in a box spying on you. <laughs> uh, so it just, it, it has a little bit of everything. It's like something yeah. uh, that I didn't have as a kid, but I coveted. I didn't get those yeah. masks. I wanted them, and I didn't, I didn't get them. Um, so it's that it's the 50th Lucasfilm and it's that just absurd Star Wars. We're like, this is cool and awesome, but also just like so freakish, this weird mask of a green Muppet staring at you. I I think you and I might be uh, entering that phase of our Star Wars collecting where because of room and budget and all those kind of things we always kind of throw out there where I, I, you know, a good Funko Pop is one thing, but I want the weird and wild stuff, especially stuff we didn't get to get as kids. That's a great concept. That's a great idea. Exactly. It's yeah. It's the the weird stuff that you didn't get to have as a kid, and that's the other thing is that the box knows it. It mm-hmm. says on the box, "Adult version of your childhood favorite." Ah, there it is. <laughs> and it felt what like the choices. box was just yeah. It felt like the box was just calling out my entire lifestyle. Yeah, I mean that's been the toy uh, economy for the last six years, right? Yeah, <laughs> we all know you want to buy these. These aren't. This isn't the kid aisle. This is not the kids aisle. No, this is not the kids' aisle. In fact, at, when I bought this, it had moved from the toy aisle to, you know, most Targets now have that uh, kind of backed by the media, by the video games yeah. and the in the Blu-rays, that secondary <laughs> toy yeah. aisle, you know, yeah. that are adult versions of your childhood favorite. <laughs> so that was my Star Wars adventure. I bought a Yoda mask to stare at me. I love that. That's a great one. Yeah. That's so great. I'm very curious now that you've downplayed it. Yeah. Uh, I bet yours is really important and epic in comparison to me buying creepy Yoda. It's it's not important and epic compared to yours, um, but it is important to my soul. Uh, first thing, the one actually happened about two minutes before we recorded. My sideshow Kenobi in the desert figure fell. No. And it's fine. It falls often because it's on the top of my I, – I have a crowded office for those – not wanting to know the square footage of where I record Force Center. Uh, my home studio is kind of tiny and cramped, and my I have a dresser full of clothes in here as well. And occasionally, because I'm clumsy, I'll bump into it, and, and Kenobi's fallen before. Ray has fallen <laughs> off her speeder. It's tragic. Um, but I think because I'm going to start be doing more YouTube programming and Twitch programming from my home studio, I think I'm going to make the fateful decision to move the Kenobi from the top of the, the clothes uh, dresser there, the wardrobe, uh, I should say, not dresser, and move it to a little shelf behind my camera, like my in, in camera view. Oh, um, I've hesitated to do that. I have Star Wars posters and stuff, but I don't, you know, I don't like the over. Here's my studio with 19 things I collected. I, I, if you do that, I love it. I just, I just don't have the space and, and don't want to do that anymore. But I think, I think I'm going to have to, especially we're entering Kenobi season, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You got to move Kenobi into view. And now there's going to be such added tension. Like people will tune yes. into any of your streams uh, because they want to spend time with you, uh, interested in whatever you're talking about. But now there's going to be the added tension every time of will Kenobi fall? Will Kenobi fall? And I'll have to clear space on the top of this little shelf behind my uh, desk here because on it, if if, I'm not, if I don't move anything, he'll be standing on our uh, Anaheim Hotel uh, 
confirmation sheet I printed out for, for Star Wars Celebration. Uh, it's so it's so great that he is guarding our hotel reservations so that we can stay near a convention that we still don't have tickets for. Yeah. Thank you, Kenobi. Thank you, Kenobi. But the real thing that happened, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've over the last two years or so, just kind of been less involved with social media intensive. I, in the sense of I'm on it, I tweet things, I just don't interact. And, and even in a positive way, uh, every once in a while, I get a little stir crazy and a, a dumb joke or something pops out. Uh, but this last week, I got a little salty. There was a couple of times I just got a little salty around things uh, from you know, listeners who I adore and love and some have met in person, but just like, you know, if, if you're if you're coming down too hard with an opinion that you think is a fact about why you hate something and everything, it just can rankle me a little bit. And I just was in a salty mood. It wasn't anything they said or did. It was just I was in that mood. So for number one, I apologize if I offended anyone. But because of that, I was I was I was I was like a boxer in a ring waiting for a fight. You know, like our pal comedian <laughs> Jeff May was a boxer too. Always just looking to punch some. And um, <laughs> he, he, yeah, that, that, he, he's very clear about that. Uh, yes. uh, he, there was a punch and tweet this morning. Yeah, there was. I love Jeff. Um, but uh, I, I swung through. I have a, a friend in my fantasy baseball league who just kind of joined. I acquaintance at best. And he, he's an actor here in Burbank, too, working actor and everything. But he also has a YouTube channel that's called Rippin' Packs, where he rips baseball cards open and, and the packs open and talks about the cards. Very nostalgia-based for a collector, mm. baseball fan like me. Um, I, I swing through every now and then, give him a watch, give him a like. And he did a Star, he did a Star Wars thing. And I was like, oh, 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 cool, cool. I didn't know, you know, I don't know this guy too well. I see him once a year at a baseball draft, so we haven't talked Star Wars. And uh, I saw in the comments that someone just said, hey, man, brother, those new movies don't work for me either. And uh, it's all about the originals. That's the only Star Wars to me. And uh, Joseph, I, um, you get that flush, angry feeling <laughs> in the back of your neck. <laughs> yes. Where I don't, I've never really been in a barroom fight, but I got to imagine this is a feeling that precedes it. Uh, and I started to bring up a comment and I was like, what am I doing? So my Star Wars adventure for this week, Joseph, is, is I walked away from a Star Wars fight. Oh, that is so great. Uh, how, how did you accomplish it? Like, as you're typing, uh, what, what made you stop? Like, this is your moment where, yeah. like, did you pull up your hand, like, Luke looking at his own mechanical hand and, and squeezing it a little bit. What did you do? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Number one, I didn't, I didn't watch complete the video. I'd started watching it. And then just cause I, I just, I like this dude. I don't know him too well. I like him. And I, if he goes too far down a path, I can't follow him on with his hate of the sequels or something. I, I just, I'd rather not know. All right. I'd rather just live in a world of denial with him. So I didn't watch the video Then I, I stopped. And then, you know, I typed a word or two. <laughs> to this random stranger in a video that I was not asked to comment on. (laughs) It's like I swung through a party and was like, you suck, you suck, you suck. And I just realized this is, this is why I was being somewhat salty to even people on Twitter a day earlier in the day, or I think maybe even the day before of, you know, just, you have to let go of that kind of stuff. You just have to let go of that anger, let go of that focus on what's there. uh, Save the, save the ones we love, not, not destroy the things we hate. Uh, All this kind of star Wars things, did roll through my head and I just also went, I don't have time this afternoon to keep coming back to check the responses. I'm back. Yeah. I, I think that's very smart. I think it is a hard battle to say like, Hey, look, everybody has uh, opinions. Everybody has a right to an opinion. They absolutely can choose to express it on social media, but there is that question of like, why? Right. Like mm-hmm. I made mm-hmm. a joke a while back and it, I can't remember. It might've, 
I don't know time anymore. So it could have been two yeah. years ago. I, it could have been eight years ago. I don't remember. Uh, but somebody liked an ancient tweet and reminded me like, oh, yeah, I forgot I tweeted that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I had tweeted just the joke that yeah, that Ponda Baba um, and Dr. Evazin were just telling Luke randomly for no reason that they didn't like him. It was like the original crappy online comment of like, yeah. That's a val. You have every right to that opinion. There's something about the cut of his jib, his innocence. Maybe he shouldered in front of you to get a drink. You think, and and you don't like him. Like, but you don't need to just tell him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you accomplish? What did it get you ultimately? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and- you got your comment edited by the moderator, which is Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi's lightsaber. Ah, oh, it's the best, and it's true. So, to anyone uh, of the in the Force Center audience who any of my salty tweets uh, hurt or offended, I apologize. And to the the person who did not know, I was about to eviscerate them like Starkiller Base and Five Planets. I uh, I pre apologize <laughs> to you. Go on, live in your life, enjoy the enjoy the original trilogies, and uh, uh, I'll go my way. You go yours. In the Absolutely. Well done. What a great, that's way better than me buying a creepy Yoda mask. I don't know. I feel like I should have been in the mask when I was coming. (laughs) There you go. There you go, my friends. Uh, That's a look at uh, Star Wars Adventures. But now let's look at some Star Wars news. Like I said, up top, as expected, following Disney Plus Day, uh, which, uh, you know, you could say was not well received nor success, but also I heard the word Disney a lot that day and still have. So in a way, it was a success, Joseph. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it was, uh, ultimately for me, I think it was a little, um, I don't know, I, I think I didn't know what to expect, and then um, I was surprised by what we got. <laughs> yeah. But I think ultimately it did seem like a success, because I think once um, all the dust settled, what I saw on social media is people really actually discussing the stuff that is out there, uh, the yeah. Kenobi sizzle reel, and then uh, for Marvel, um, mm. those uh, slight uh, hints of uh, that we got of Moon Knight, uh, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and by the end of the day, I saw people just talking about the new stories that are coming, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in a post-Disney Plus world, we had a couple bit of uh, news stories we want to dive in. Uh, this is, uh, we put into the Force Center rumor patrol category. Uh, we we try to avoid rumors, but sometimes uh, it, it spawns just a, a, a thought starter, a question, a, a fun thing to talk about. And this is uh, the idea of a High Republic video game being on the way. As always, I uh, usually check our friends over at Star Wars Newsnet to do a great job of uh, gathering news stories, putting their own thoughts and exclusives out there. So credit to them. And they always credit the the, the places where the other stories uh, originate from, too. Um, so you can always get the original and, and give credit to those people if you click on those ones. But that out of the way, there's been a rumor that uh, video game studio Quantic Dream uh, has been working on a new Star Wars video game called Star Wars Eclipse. It's been out there for a little bit here. But now, video game insider, a guy named Jeff Grubb, is claiming that the game will be set in the High Republic era and that the game has been in development for about 20 months. Now, this was on a longer three-hour stream. He covers a lot of video games. I don't know much about him, so hopefully he's a good guy, uh, you know. Um, but it just is almost was in passing. And it's taken a little more than a grain of salt from someone like him because he's got a good track record, this kind of stuff, and is truly an insider in the industry from what I was reading. Again, don't know him too well here. Um, so nothing else has emerged in the game details, but is believed from previous rumors uh, and stories, this uh, Star Wars game uh, might be announced or that Lucasfilm just might be announcing a new game in December as part of their Bring Home the Bounty event. All right, Joseph, that's connecting all the rumor dots. A lot of rumors upon rumors here, but let's just discuss this kind of idea, good, bad, and otherwise, on a potential High Republic video game a year into this era for us fans. What do you think? 
Oh, I would just love a High Republic video game. I think that would be really great. I think there's been this weird um, sort of uh, I- excitement about High Republic. Of it, it has been. Uh, I think certainly for us and for a lot of other people that I see on social media, other you know uh, Star Wars podcasters, it's been a real success, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's existing in uh, books and comics, and I think there's this kind of explosion of like, well it's a successful star Wars thing. So it's gotta be more than books and comics, right? Like right. <laughs> where's right. the avalanche of Funkos, you know, where are the, where are the toys, you know, um, you know, it's going to, is it going to go to the live screen or not? How soon? Right. Uh, so the idea that it would explode from the books and the comics anywhere, uh, and, and one of, I think the, the great platforms for star Wars is, uh, video games. Mm-hmm. That's just really exciting to think that there would be a way to kind of get deeper into this world. And I think the um, the creative team, everyone involved, the writers, the publishers, everybody, Lucasfilm, what they've done with that High Republic era in these stories, they have created such a great, wide open playground, right? They have established that there are just an endless number of Jedi who are all unique, interesting characters at different parts of their own journey, and there are now random threats where they have to be more active than they used to be. So the idea that you could just sit down and play a video game and you could be a brand new Jedi or even build your own Jedi and you're traveling around protecting a a planet, a ship, a people, anybody from Nile and Drenger attack. That's just, that's rich uh, soil for a video game, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right there with you on this uh, idea. And, and, um, again, I think I, I feel you and I always kind of need to be like, Hey, we're not, we, we didn't do a lot of the old Republic gaming. We didn't play a lot of the games and we always pre-apologize. We're not saying anything to offend big fans of the old Republic. Uh, I think this is even a, an area area that I, I think is more rich right now, uh, because it's, it's current, it's popular. Um, you have new characters, uh, that have come on board and really just tie into the heart of star Wars, some of the best storytelling, in Star Wars, I think we we are um, two of the folks that have been really happy with this uh, con- with with all the books and, and, and this content. So it does make sense. It is exciting, and you know, within some of these rumors, there's always the speculation and more rumors that could be open world and all these kind of things. And and Fallen Order, we got. I I wouldn't say it's as uh, you know open world as maybe people wanted. Great game, a lot of people love it. Uh, we love the characters and stories, but a High Republic thing. You, you know, you're talking about creating your own Jedi, uh, but interacting with these Jedi that have been established and ones that we've known, Yoda, Opa, Ren, Sissus, anything like that from uh, movies. Uh, this is, it is truly wide open. Uh, not to the, not just saying in, in an open world format, but just you could do anything and lot, have, not have the pressure some of the other video games have, have slightly had of being so tied to and needing to be tied to canon. I think they succeeded with the Battlefront 2 storyline. I think they succeeded with Fallen Order, but Fallen Order was putting in a, you know, like we're in this weird time. Oh, there's another guy with a lightsaber running around and all these guys are like, okay, we got to make sure this ties and fits in and, and Vader's there. Squadrons did a great job of kind of playing in the shadows of that, that you know, post-Return of the Jedi era that uh, we have. So all that to say, I, I, I think this would work very well to be the Star Wars we know and love, but to be wide open and, and brand new to us. Yeah, no, and I think you're great to point out the uh, the various Old Republic games. Uh, I'm still slowly uh, poking through uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh, on my iPad. Uh, hard to make time for everything, uh, not because I'm not enjoying the game, but just uh, mm-hmm. trying to find time for everything. And yeah, th- 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 even the little bit I've played that game, it, I think there's such 
great potential in video games for Jedi where there's like room for the philosophy, you know, for these choices that make a difference on who you are. And then just the fun fantasy of uh, swinging lightsabers and, you know, pushing bad guys over a ledge with the force. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really fun for me to think like, oh, it, for, if it was High Republic and they were synced up enough, it could just be a totally unconnected adventure or you could be having your own adventure and then you could be just get like beep, 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 uh, you know, message come to Valo and you could be in the middle of that chaos, you know? Yeah, it, 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 there's something about this um, this time timeline where, like you said, it isn't fate of the galaxy all the times. I mean, we 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 kind of think the fate of the the galaxy's heart is at stake. Uh, mm-hmm. with some of the big storytelling in High Republic, but you know, there's no Death Star about to blow up, blow up your um, your your home base, I guess. So it is has the ability to you can go deal with things, and maybe it is the Nile, or maybe it is go uh, handle a, a dispute in a small uh, you know small planet or a village on a smaller planet, and just kind of uh, you know crawl around in that kind of timeline. I love that idea. Uh, would you uh, are you are you more apt to create your own Jedi, or do you want to be Elzar Man or Porter Angle or Avar Chris? Uh, would you rather have uh, a Scrimshaw with an apostrophe or nine <laughs> thrown through there? I think I would rather have a new character for the video game. You know, Um, I think that it is one of the great things about the High Republic, um, you know, uh, storytelling so far has is that it's um, this limited group of people and publishers and and there's no restriction. Right. Um, That there's lots of elbow room. So I don't know. I think as much as I love every character, I kind of just feel like why not have that experience where we all feel like we are that Jedi? Yeah. Ooh. All right. I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes here. Uh, Joseph, what do you think about this idea? Uh, and, and I apologize if it's been done in another game and I just don't know. <laughs> you create a new Jedi. Right. Uh, um, and then you are start out as a, like a two year old uh, uh, youngling. <laughs> and you slowly, I want to do those crawling levels. Yes. You slowly work your way through. You got to go to Jedi training. You got to go to class with Yoda Yaddle, uh, all those characters, and then you become a Padawan. You see where I'm going with this. It'd be a long form video game. I know I love that kind of stuff, but not everyone does. <laughs> or maybe you can choose to jump ahead to uh, my Jedi trials. Oh, yeah, I yeah, no, that would be great. I would love that <laughs> to just kind of walk through it all. Yeah, that would be yeah. so great. You got to go through your gathering ceremony. You got to do all this, like you know, as someone who. Uh, Spends time negotiation is ba- negotiating his baseball players' contracts on video games. Uh, I'd be into this. <laughs> I would absolutely love it. And, and, you know, I hope it it comes through. The only thing that makes me wonder about this is the idea of it being announced during Bring Home the Bounty. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, to m- what I have seen so far, I think the Bring Home the Bounty is staying pretty focused on bounty, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Staying to Boba Fett and Mandalorian type things, right? Um, I I could be wrong about that. Um, But there's also the possibility of, you know, do you play a bounty hunter or even a Tyuark-like character Mm -hmm. in the High Republic era? Yeah, no, fair point indeed. Uh, as we wade through the the murky waters of rumors, uh, you know, I guess I, you know, you look at it if, if, if it's pirates' uh, booty bounty. I don't know, maybe, but no, I, I, it made sense to me that it would be uh, tied to tied to Boba Fett. Uh, which then got me thinking of, do I want another? Like, there's been some Django Boba Fett type of games, right? So, do we do we want another one of those? Is that fit into things? And it seems a lot of pressure on those kind of canon characters, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we got a good, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I am uh, I'm looking forward to seeing 
what's the possibilities? Because yeah, no, uh, Mandalorian kind of seems like maybe the kind of thing that would maybe make a real successful video game too, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Can I just be Quill just going around tinkering? <laughs> uh, Quill should really have his own Lego yeah. game. That's entirely his. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but Joseph kind of said it, we're just going to kind of be open to what's coming out and keep y'all updated. We just wanted to dive in because we're excited about the high Republic era. And yeah, this is something that's exploded off the pages of the novels and the comics and the young adult readers. And uh, who, who, who knows where the high Republic will end up. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Very, very excited. Uh, other story of the day we wanted to talk about. It gets us excited as well because it's talking about another thing we are looking forward to greatly uh, in Star Wars is Andor. And this was, you know, forget Disney Plus Day. The real info still comes out uh, when when you uh, get on those investor calls. That's the real info. <laughs> uh, while on a quarterly Disney investors call, the CFO, Christine McCarthy, said that Andor should be released in the fourth fiscal quarter of 2022. So that uh, a lot of people were all learning uh, the Disney business quarters these days. Uh, that actually <laughs> comes out to like July or August or September uh, where the series would maybe start there. It could end up in another quarter, but it might start there. So a uh, couple things to talk about here, Joseph. Uh, we'll f- nail down maybe what we would think or would want the start date to be or start month. Uh, the only other big thing out there right now that I saw throwing anything, you uh, know of Joseph, the Ms. Marvel series will be out during the same time. Uh, we know that that we've kind of been this ping pong of Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars on Disney plus, uh, and then it potentially puts Andor between Kenobi, big question mark and Mando season three, also going to throw in bad batch somewhere around there. Maybe so let's talk thoughts uh, about this information, Joseph, and the fact that we are, Always keen to, uh, you know, hear more about Star Wars business talk, which is something I never wanted to hear in the (laughs) 1980s. Um, And then also I want to talk about the importance of the 2022 Star Wars release schedule. What do you think about all this? Yeah, I think it's uh, fascinating to watch this new world of entertainment be figured out. Like, because I think that's what we're Mm -hmm. actually going through, right? Because if this was a movie, you know, release date, yeah, yes, things are changing, absolutely, but mm. this is different. Or if it was a network television thing, yeah. uh, but the, with the streaming services where they have this, especially like uh, Disney Plus that has um, really sold themselves on the properties they own. And they're they're putting out, all, you know, all sorts of stuff all the time. But the big, the Star Wars and the Marvel in particular, on one hand, they want as much content uh as possible out there, but also I think they want to drive conversations so people feel like I am missing out on the cultural conversation unless I subscribe to Disney Plus, right? Yeah. So I think I'm so curious to see how much they are going to eventually, I feel like they are playing chicken with themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) When are they going to let Marvel and Star Wars overlap or are they not going to, right? They... Hawkeye and Boba Fett were about to have a fight. (laughs) (laughs) They were driving their cars right at one another, right? And then uh, Hawkeye swerved. Um, So uh, initially, everybody had noticed when Book of Boba Fett's premiere was announced that, well, that's actually, if everything plays out the way we think it's going to be, that's going to be the finale of Hawkeye. But then they announced uh, Mm. when Hawkeye premieres, it's going to premiere with its first two episodes, which means it's going to wrap a week before Boba Fett. Uh, premieres and on uh, you know this is just amazing to me as a you know kid who grew up liking both Hawkeye and Boba Fett <laughs> yeah, yeah. the idea that they would have to clear one another 
uh, for their television schedules. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's really a, a big part of this to me is not only the Marvel side of it, which I don't have memorized all of the rumors about what's going to land, but then also the Star Wars. Um, mm. I don't think they want Star Wars to overlap with the exception of Bad Batch. I think they're going to let Bad Batch overlap. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. What, what you said on top of how it has been kind of fun. I, I, I can make the jokes about, hey, we didn't care about the business stuff growing up, but I, I do care about it now. Um, not just because I have some Disney stock kids, but just like it's it's pretty fascinating as this landscape is completely shifting. We weren't having these conversations in 2015 even. Uh, and as uh, the movie punditry kind of uh, industry exploded uh, from 2012 on and, and really took off in 2015, yeah, turning movies into sports talk can sometimes be a little bit of a downer. I've heard some friends tell me that too, but I think it's also pretty fascinating and, and it does affect what's going to come out, not just in terms of a ratings of what people like, but when do you do it? It's it, and, and the research that goes into it, I, I'm pretty fascinated by this stuff. And I think there's going to be that era where you're going to maybe feel brave enough to uh, put Marvel and Star Wars in the same week, like regularly. Yeah. I, I, and I think we're all, we can all take that. I mean, Netflix, I mean, we're watching 50 shows every week anyways, <laughs> generally in every house. I'm just watching Game of Thrones again. Grace is watching all the new shows because she, she's better than me on that stuff. But um, you know what I mean? Like I say brave, but like, just do it. We, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, well, and I think that's what's fascinating to me is like I am a fan of Marvel and Star Wars, and I'm excited for all these stories, and and I really believe in a lot of the the great storytellers who are involved in it. So for me, there is this very human component, but then there's this business side is going to be kind of this conversation between, you know, the business side and how does it affect our culture, right? I mean, yeah, when we were growing up, Ken, whether or not a a show that premiered on a broadcast and then later cable channel whether or not it was a water cooler show mm -hmm. was a huge cultural thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it broadcast television responded to what the actual culture is of, you know, what demographic stayed home on what night and does mm -hmm. that. And I think we're just kind of looking at this brand new era of that. And with Marvel and star Wars in particular, there's so much streaming content out there in general. I saw uh, news of an animated show that was getting canceled on another streaming service. And every, every tweet I saw about it was, I didn't know this show existed. I would have watched it. Right. Right. Uh, and Disney's in this weird place where, yeah, they need Marvel and star Wars to keep coming in order to keep us hooked in order to keep uh, new subscribers coming in. But to me, there is that question of what is too much because mm -hmm. we are, we watch this happen with yeah. the, um, Mar the Marvel Netflix shows where right, right. the first couple seasons of Daredevil and Jessica Jones were events, and then it stumbled even a little, and it disappeared from the cultural conversation. People did not make it a priority. And yeah. I think that's what they're trying to figure out, of like, we need to keep the content coming, but what is the exact right rate at which it doesn't become too much and it doesn't disappear from dominating the cultural conversation? Yeah, it's, it's at... Um the wallpaper thing, I, I talk about a lot of different areas of life. You know, I can make a lot of post-it notes, what, what I need to do this week. But by Tuesday, it's just wallpaper that I just see and don't acknowledge when I walk into my room. And I think there's some truth to that, which is why I do hold to. And I've seen some comments and I think even of some previous news discussions, uh, some people, maybe even our discord brought up the, hey, you know, at some point, you know, it doesn't matter. We could, you know, I don't think they're going to be worried about that conversation uh, the next morning. Just get the stuff out there. I, I, I think they have to. 
Because I think you say what you're saying is right, especially with Star Wars and Marvel. It needs to that built-in event feeling really levels up the shows in a way to me. And maybe it's just to me. Uh, yeah. You know, we got the movie feeling. We know that's a different feeling. But that everyone gathering gathering around for Mando season one, episode one, was one of my favorite memories of Mando. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it just kind of matters in how it affects culture and commerce. Like that Target visit I was talking about, uh, you know, Target is definitely gearing up for the holiday season. And it, it Grogu dominated Target. Like... Yeah. Every from band aids to candles to bed, like everything that could have a Grogu on it, mm-hmm. <laughs> had a Grogu on it, and that stuff does you know matter to the way our good, bad, or otherwise the truth of the way our world is constructed. And if it does all become wallpaper, uh, then people won't buy wallpaper with Grogu on it. <laughs> yeah, and as a great Star Wars philosopher Joseph Scrimshaw once said, uh, George Lucas didn't start Lucasfilm as a nonprofit in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think one thing that's fascinating about this actual schedule conversation mm-hmm. is I think the animated shows have proven themselves to be for the diehards for the most part, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I think between Bad Batch, clearly loved by the Star Wars community for the most part, obviously uh, yeah. some, some people who didn't like it, but in general, uh, we heard a lot of positivity. We were involved in positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but between Bad Batch and What If?, uh, not, you know, what if the Marvel, what if yeah. obviously diehards were fascinated by it, looking for clues, you know, discussing it up, down and otherwise, but it wasn't this huge driver of, you know, subscriptions, conversations, merch. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting when we just think about the schedule to think like, well, Bad Batch is, you know, it, it, it can drop anytime. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about that a little bit here. Let's talk about where this might actually Land, we're saying potentially puts Andor between uh, Kenobi and Mando season three in the 2002 release form. Bad Batch is kind of floating around. And I agree, you know, it's I don't need it to be any more than it is. It is uh, either you watch it or you don't type of conversation. I've had a few friends or Star Wars YouTubers tell me, eh, I was so bored by it. Well, of course you were. Number one, two, that's fine. I don't need you to be excited by it. I'm excited by it and it can exist on its own, but it's on the slate as well. Um any thoughts on, uh, am I off base about Kenobi, you know, Boba Fett, Kenobi, and or Mando, do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the things also that's interesting to me about kind of figuring this out is it, it, it can take uh, a while to get confirmation on the number of episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if they're going to double them up on a certain date, even once they let us know a premiere date and the number of episodes, then suddenly they'll be like, and we're doing two episodes this, you know, week. Yeah. Um, so that I think that complicates figuring it out. But yeah, I think if Book of Boba Fett, I looked it up this morning and what I could find is that the rumored length is around nine episodes. Really? Yeah. I never I've never taken that dive. I'm sorry. I cut you off there, but I, I was no. expecting six because I know what's where we're thinking Kenobi's at. Nine is yeah, I, like I think that. I think Kenobi. I can't rem- see. This is the thing: is it, it takes you know Googling, and sometimes I find it on Wikipedia or I find it on mm-hmm. any one of the number of movie sites, and they don't always link to their source for the numbers. And it, it's really hard for me, even somebody who talks yeah. Star Wars week to week, to remember what is something that just was a rumor or a source, and then we just right. pass it back and forth. And what was uh, officially announced about episode length, a number of episodes. Interesting. Uh, so, but if that's true, if it's around nine, uh, Book yeah. of Boba Fett's wrapping in February. I think Kenobi is going to be tied to May the 4th in some way, either the Mm -hmm. premiere or the final episode or the first episode where he uh, encounters Vader. 
face to face. You know, if that is not the last episode, which or last couple episodes, who knows? Anyway, who knows? Yeah. Uh, especially we we got those great book reveals about a couple of just juicy Kenobi yes. <laughs> books coming out right around May June. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and then, yeah, I think Andor being it makes a lot of sense for Andor to be somewhere in this. Andor is currently uh, uh, discussed to be at twelve episodes, so yeah. longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Andor is going to be the one to be like, I don't know that they're going to let Andor just like have free reign for you know three months, <laughs> right? right. Uh, with no Marvel, uh, you know, no nothing else around it. But yeah, mm. I think I think Andor sometime in. Uh, July, uh, August makes a a ton of sense to me. Definitely ending, you know, early October at the latest, because I think when Mando sees season three is coming back, I think they're going to want to let that try, try to really build that up as something Mm -hmm. super, super special, right? Maybe even tie it to, uh, Disney plus day on November 12th in some way. Yeah. Uh, But it also seems like Mando season three is going to be a slight, like, it's still Mando, but if it's not the Baby Yoda show, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how much can they kind of sell that? Of like, it's it's Mando's next adventure. It's the next chapter in his you know epic saga. And like, trust us, <laughs> it's still going to be good without the baby. <laughs> but, uh, not the moment. Yeah, uh, no, that's an excellent point too about Mando uh, uh, going forward. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. And 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 uh, it's weird to think of Andor, you know, the nice, fun, uh, you know, rebellious spy summer thriller that you all want uh, over the course of 12 episodes. Uh, I joke, of course, but it's like, I, I think Andor could be still, we're so excited for it. We just did that episode not too long ago while we're excited for it. I, I just, I, you know, we'll see when the, when the when the marketing starts rolling out. I'm curious to see what kind of uh, buzz Andor is going to get or not get. I, I really don't know in terms of just general public. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that that might be a part of the sort of um, release strategy of mm-hmm. you know, Book of Boba Fett's gonna gonna be a bit of a splash because it's Boba Fett. Uh, Kenobi, I think they're gonna swing for the fences, right? That's yeah. Kenobi and Vader. I think they want that to be an event. It's only six weeks. I think they want to. I think Lucasfilm and Disney Plus are gonna support that so much. They're gonna want that to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then if Andor takes off, great. And if it is just something that's really, really enjoyed by you know pretty hardcore fans, uh, so be it. That's fine too. Yeah. I, look, I see it in terms of, uh, and again, we're, we're speculating this order makes sense to us, but there's been no, you know, general talk yet. Uh, official talk, I should say, but I, I see it as a, as a, as a rock album. You got, you got your hard charging, uh, big song to start out the album with Boba Fett. There'll be a lot of loud noises, uh, and some heart to it, of course. And then you got your big single in Kenobi. That's going to get the radio airplay. Then you go into the kind of uh, more, uh, you know, uh, artistic, a uh, little less courses and middle eight, some more uh, experimentation with Andor. And you're a fan of the band. You like it. Uh, Bad Batch is the acoustic song that slips in there that might end up becoming the big single, but it's really just thrown in there to make the lead singer happy. And then you end with a big, like hard charging, familiar ballad, a stadium rocker. And that's, and that's Mando season three. That is the 2002 album of Star Wars to me. I, I, in my mind, I'm trying to map this to Appetite for Destruction because it's the album that I know the best and has the most hits on it. But yeah, I think that, I think that's really great. Uh, yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett uh, is uh, definitely Welcome to the Jungle, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which maybe makes Kenobi Paradise City and Andor My Michelle, uh, yeah. which back in the day you'd have to 
flip the record or the tape um, <laughs> to get get to that transition. But I, I think that's a huge, great point. I think, um, you know, when I'm talking about swinging for the fences, I think one of the things is, hey, have you have you thought about giving Disney Plus a try? Just give it a try for a little while for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor, one of the biggest stars arguably on the globe. Yeah. Uh, fighting one of the most famous characters in all of pop culture ever, Darth Vader. Uh, give us a try and then slide right into uh, uh, my Michelle, otherwise known as Andor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that stuff really works. And, and you know, we're trying to, you know, they're trying to reach the general public. And in our little Twitter bubble or our little Force Center world, we're either excited for Kenobi or you got folks out there snark tweeting that, oh, we've already seen this in New Hope and all those kind of things. Uh, Disney Plus, I don't think they're worried about us. <laughs> they know they have us. They know they're not going to get them. It is the person that's going, oh, wow, I love me, Darth Vader. That's the, right. that's the person. Exactly. And I think uh, could absolutely be wrong, but I think even people who are really saying like, I feel like Kenobi is just going back to the well. It's just repetition. Mm -hmm. They don't have any new ideas. It's just nostalgia. I feel like it's going to be such a conversation. Even people who are yeah. don't like it in concept, probably won't like it in execution, are still going to watch it. Yes. Where Whereas people who are like, I don't, I, I have no interest in seeing how, you know, and or being a sad spy, got no interest. There is the strong possibility that they just wouldn't check that out. Yeah, look, absolutely. Even though one thing, uh, you know, that's emerged, a lot of Rogue One conversation popped up last week uh, on, uh, you know, uh, social media. A lot of love for that movie. We're going to be doing our Star Wars ranked on our favorite lines from Rogue One uh, next up. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I if you can tie tap into that vibe and a lot of people going, oh, I did love Rogue One. That's my favorite of the Disney movie. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can get to, uh, do good numbers because we're so excited for it. Yeah, I, I think Andor is going to be the big surprise. I think that uh, I think that it, it, as we've discussed, mm. you know, that that we did a whole episode on why you should be excited about Andor. Some people on social media kindly pointed us out to some of the great uh, uh, just uh, Twitter feeds out there that are like, <laughs> we are yeah. devoted to being excited for Andor. Uh, I think that Andor is going to be a big surprise to a, a lot of people. I agree with you. So we'll find out soon enough. Uh, we'll have updates on any official release schedule, number of episodes for some of these shows. Uh, but more importantly, we'll just be here to watch it all when it does come out. All right. That's a look at Star Wars news. Quick break coming up. Before we do that, we're going to do our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Just as where we're going. We are recommending Ronin by Emma Miko Kandon. Speaking of exciting experimentation within Star Wars, uh, this is a novel that is inspired by continuing one of the uh, great animated shorts from Star Wars Vision. So go check that out. Check it out indeed by doing uh, this. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. Quick break on the other side. Your questions here on Force. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Four Center, episode 375 of the big show, the main show, the super destroyer of our fleet, the appetite for destruction of our album. No, the November rain of our greatest hits collection. I don't know. (laughs) Very, very accurate, I think. Uh, We are going to be diving into our questions now, Ken. We got two from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we go first to Broom Kid. Uh, Broom Kid says, 
with a lot of talented filmmakers referencing Star Wars as fans and hinting at their wish to work in the Star Wars world, i.e. Chloe Zhao, David Lowry, Mike Flanagan, etc., wouldn't it be a good idea to get them into the tent to play in the Star Wars sandbox? This is great. Uh, this is something that fans discuss a lot with individual directors. Uh, Broom Kid is pointing out a lot of people who've been very public. Uh, Mike Flanagan tweeted <laughs> just yeah. a few weeks ago about, I want to do a Star Wars horror movie, which I think these days is just how you get work. You just tweet what you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then people are like, nah, or sure. Um, especially if you're already a talented and accomplished director yeah. uh, like Mike Flanagan. Uh, but where do you go with this, Ken? This general idea of the, the kind of the, some named directors who are putting that out there that they want to be in Star Wars. Are you one of the fans who are feeling like, yeah, yeah, get them in there? Or where do you go with this? Hey, you know, there was this guy directed a rebooted Star Trek in 2009 and said, but I'm actually a bigger Star Wars fan. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it could work. And hey, look, you know, like you, you joke about it, but like, you know, like, that's kind of how Wendig got the Aftermath series, just tweeted them, hey, I'd like to write those. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it straight up is. I mean, I think it, it yeah, it generally works better, I think, if you uh, have some yeah. some credits. <laughs> yes, yes, to be clear, Wendig's a, an accomplished author and have been for a while, and eh, JJ's done some things. Yeah, I. but what I love about this uh, question, uh, Broom Kid, and the real Broom Kid just turned 14. Happy birthday, uh, uh, Broom Kid, real Broom Kid. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to look up his I forget his actual, it's so close to Tamiri Blagg, which is why they base the name on it. Anyways, side conversation, Ken. Keep to the point. I think every few years you could update this list with new um, hot creators in the 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 the, the conversation in in the uh, pop culture zeitgeist of these are the new it creators and that's always going to refresh every couple of years as it should. And when they're gonna they're all gonna say something like this. And I, I think you at least yeah exploring it as a fan. I love I love uh, hearing that. You know uh, you know great. You know Flanagan's on fire lately with all these shows. Cool, great. You, you, you're gonna get a meeting. Um, it could work out. It could, could not, I, you know, it's like, I'm still, I gotta, like, I think it's past the time. I don't think it could or should even happen, but I'm like, even if Spielberg was like, you know, I meant to do Jedi, but couldn't cause that old director thing. Maybe I, maybe, uh, maybe I could do it now. Like I'm, I'm listening. Like I, as a Star Wars fan, I'm listening to even that up and coming, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, so, but there is a time to strike. It can, it can work. JJ can also not work. Lord Miller, Trevorrow, Josh Trank, for various reasons, all good and bad and ugly. We get it, but some, you know, so I don't immediately need to have all the hot names in there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think for me, it really is. Uh, it, uh, this conversation is often about liking a director's other work and then understandably going like, I love this director's work. I'd love to see them play in the Star Wars sandbox, like Broom Kid is saying, and I mm -hmm. totally understand that. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, David Lowry, who he lists, uh, but I really love Mike Flanagan's work on Netflix. Midnight Mass is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Haunting of Hill House, amazing. Um, yeah. And I, I just saw Eternals uh, and really, really enjoyed Eternals. There's a lot in there that would make me go like, wow, Chloe Zhao, who's been very mm -hmm. vocal about, yeah, I'd like to do a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Makes me feel like, oh, wow, I'd, I'd really love to see her take. So they're all exciting directors. And for me, it's never that question. It's never, when somebody brings up a director, I'm never like, are they good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or even, or I'm never even like, do they have a, a vision for Star Wars? For mm -hmm. me, that question is, which I think has become a, a, a hotly debated question is are they the this to me exactly right kind of creator who says i do have a vision my heart is in this 
but I am also totally cool that I'm playing in a defined sandbox. Right. And the, and the task is, here are the parameters. Be creative within those parameters. Mm-hmm. I think, in, again, in my opinion, that this discussion sometimes gets framed really binary as good and bad, like total creative freedom, let the director, artist do whatever they want is great, uh, being limited in any way is bad. Right. And I, I, as somebody who's been a creator myself, kind of disagree with that. I think those are both valid ways to, to create, you know? Mm. There are some stories that I absolutely love because there are no holds barred in a creator with the help of a bunch of other creators mm-hmm. did exactly what they wanted to. And I wouldn't want to see, you know, that person's work uh, be put in a sandbox where they couldn't go over to this weird direction. Mm-hmm. But then there's a ton of great creators like who, who've made amazing things uh, within uh, genres uh, that have a specific, you know, set of requirements. And I've experienced that myself as a creator. I've had projects that I produce myself and I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And then I've had, you know, things, particularly when I was doing a lot of plays, when I'm a part of a festival and it has to be this amount of time and you can't do this, 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 or this. And you can do that, but from experience, you've learned no audience will show up if you do that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they're both really valid forms of expression of the real auteur theory. The creator does whatever they want and the creator has a passion, but it's also totally cool working within an existing sandbox that mm-hmm. does have uh, some firm borders. Yeah, showing you can play ball a bit, uh, and and I mean that in a positive way. Of just you know, uh, can you can you get this working? And, you know, Edgar Wright it clearly didn't work for Marvel. You can list so many examples. Uh, you know, you, David Lynch could <laughs> go back to that's like an original Star Wars conversation. There is a yeah. creator of his time, all the vision of the world. Nah, not for me, not my world to play it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's it. That's the thing for me is I I just don't think one or the other is bad. Like I am such a huge fan of David Lynch. I mm-hmm. love the Coen Brothers. I really like a ton of Tarantino's films. I really like a ton of Edgar Wright's films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure I'd want them to do Star Wars because they want to say like well, I don't I don't want to get you know notes about you know yeah. that alien doesn't <laughs> isn't yeah. supposed to be at that place at that time. I don't want to hear that there was a book so I can't, you know, blah blah blah. Like yeah. or or even go into the deeper things, right? It, it, the things that are not the little canonical things, but the spirit things, right? right. Like to me, a, another huge important thing about this is how m- much do any of these uh, directors that we talk about how much they embrace all aspects of Star Wars, you know, the myth and the depth, the adventure serial, the the sense of wonder and hope, you know, Mm. I don't think in every Star Wars project, every ingredient has to be right on the surface, but I think that's that really delicate question that you've heard like Filoni and and Favreau talk about in some of the Mandalorian behind the scenes of like, yeah, you gotta experiment. But Mm. if you'd make a film that has no joy, that's just has a sense of cynicism and nihilism, is that still Star Wars? Yeah. These are, yeah, this is, these are, these are the questions. And, uh, and a lot of these creators listed here have a lot of that. Uh, and to clarify, so we don't get a lot of tweets, Joseph, David Lowry, to me, the name actually means the, uh, one of the front men of camper band van Beethoven and the band cracker from the nineties. <laughs> uh, but David Lowry, uh, writer, director, the green Knight is, uh, his uh, latest film. A lot of people love Pete's dragon back in 2016 for Disney. So, uh, there's a track record there and a little bit, of what you were just talking about. The green green knight is, uh, you know, epic medieval tale, but the heart and soul in there. So yeah, that, that's something I look forward to. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. I guess uh, wanted to kind of discuss some of the the issues that go into it, because I think people can can be really passionate, which I understand. But I think my ultimate answer to Broom Kids questions is I would be thrilled to see any of those directors play if they were in that like, yeah, and I understand that it is I I bring my passion, I bring my vision, and then I'm willing to uh, adapt and flow and be organic to the knowledge that is there from Lucasfilm about what makes Star Wars Star Wars as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With you on that. And as someone, uh, and you've been playing that game too, but go- going to a lot of YouTube shows the last five, six years and having to submit names, you think for who should be in this film, <laughs> who should direct that one. And it's a fun game to play by the way. And I love this question from Brew Kid. but yeah, often, uh, it's just, you're grabbing a hot name and, and, and throwing it up there because of something they've done. And, and, and it's a question of what can they do within the system? So that's that also final note. Cause I know uh, I'll be up at night at Tamirian Blave is the young actor who just, unfortunately, <laughs> Uh, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. And soon, I think he should be uh, directing the Star Wars film, right? <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So it's really fun to discuss, and I can't wait to see uh, what other creative, wonderful people get to play in the world of Star Wars. Any other thoughts before we move on? No, 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 no. Excellent. Uh, we'll go to Mike Fink. Mike asks, uh, imagine, akin to the Jedi Academy, a school for droid building where the brightest minds of the galaxy go to perfect their mech tech skills. What's it like attending? Are there different houses that lean darker light? Master tinkerers to get schooled by? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get schooled by a master tinkerer. That is a yeah. great turn of phrase. Uh, where do you go with this, Ken? I love this question, Mike. This is kind of great. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you don't have the immediate uh, uh, darker light side in terms of the force that you might have of, of a Jedi Academy uh, in uh, Jedi Academy in story or a series that we're going to watch. Right. But I think a droid Academy presents uh, the questions of morality of, you know, how much uh, how much life we give in these droids. Are they tools or are we creating some kind of being all this kind of. You know, L3 could maybe stop by, be a guest speaker uh, early on in her career. There's a lot of those things. And just uh, the kind of minds that at some point in this galaxy, at some point, someone was like, hey, what do you think about this droid? Look at this. I call it a droid. So getting some of the history on that and, and uh, the uses behind it, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm surprisingly interested because I'm, I'm not a gearhead. I, I'm not a tech head. I don't have those skills. If my camera breaks, it's done. I can't change oil in my car. So I'd be fascinated with this series from a different point of view. Yeah, no, I, I really, really like this idea of, you know, an in-universe, uh, what's that like to have, like, an academy of, like, we are artisans, you're right? Yeah. Like, we are building droids by hand, maybe even, you know, there, I think Mike's question has a little bit of a, a Harry Potter in it, the idea of yeah. different houses, right, you know, and, you know, mm-hmm. do you have a nasty house that is only building assassin droids? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the, they sell, right? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and the... the ones that just like we just we only want to build a companion droids who you know make you feel better when you're alone <laughs> no yeah. that that's making it sound like luxury droids which are a thing in star wars <laughs> yeah i meant emotional companionship <laughs> uh yeah i actually came up with four houses uh if, if you want them here oh please go for it yeah so mike let me know what you think here uh we've got one house the ratchets these are the, you know, they really get in there. They love kind of ratcheting around and, and trying new things and uh, uh, just kind of figure it out as they go. Uh, and then you got the perceptors. Uh, so they're going to you know, make a lot of droid perceptors, number one. But two, they like to see long dis- distance with this droid making ability. What are you doing this for? Mm. Uh, then you got the um, the gizmos. 
uh, who just, again, kind of like the ratchets, they're, they're good. They just like to, you know, f- figure out, you know, they're, they're making the gonk droids. They're making the mouse droids, little gizmos that kind of help the galaxy. Uh, and then you got the central processors who they're, they're the real deep thinkers. Uh, and then they're the ones who might try to push this too far. You know, Ooh. don't ask. They, they, they don't ask themselves why they just know that, Hey, we can. Mm, you, you're talking about maybe like they're building in some, uh, some subroutines that, uh, mm, mm. that might go out of control. Yeah. These are the ones that are like, Hey, look at this robot. It's dancing. Like it's a human. There's no danger in that ever. You know, <laughs> also we put a big blaster on its back. That should be fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Please applaud when the robot finishes <laughs> its dance. Otherwise there might be problems. You have 20 seconds to comply. <laughs> you have 20 seconds to applaud. <laughs> uh, I love that. Um, yeah. I, I really love those houses are all great. And they, they represent uh, a, a good uh, collection of morality and the kind of droids you might make, but I really love what you're saying at the top of just a different way to look at what droids mean in Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. Because I I feel like the way it's been presented a lot is many of them are mass produced or maybe they get uh, reprogrammed a little bit. If if they aren't wiped at all, they they develop more and more personality. Um, So this idea of like, I'm thinking of like Professor Hang from Clone Wars, right? Of like this, this ancient lightsaber instructor. Uh, so the idea of maybe even some of the teachers were droids too, of like, this is not a factory. We are not yeah. mass producing droids. You are giving life to a new sentient being and you have a responsibility. That'd mm. be fascinating. Mm. Yep. Uh, there you go. Love it. Yeah. My final thought on this, Ken, is the more I think about this, I'm just really sad that Queel is not alive to be one of the teachers at the Droid Academy. Oh, it'd be a great like guest professor. Shows up for like the fourth movie in the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Defense Against uh, Dark Droid Arts Professor <laughs> Queel. Love it. Amazing. We're going to move on to our questions then from our patrons on Patreon. Kai Thatch says, do you think Boba Fett has any beef with Han? Would you like to see that explored in Book of Boba Fett? Not saying Harrison would show up, but it would be interesting to hear Boba mention something about him. Uh, this is such a great and interesting question, but Ken, I want to kick it off uh, by asking you if you have caught up, uh, stayed caught up with the War of the Bounty Hunters comics, because I haven't, and I- I'm curious if there's anything in there where Boba Fett is expressing his opinion of Han. Uh, I am almost caught up. I think it's close to being finished, right? So I think I'm behind a bit, which reminds me, I, I probably have to drive out to my shop this week. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely been some stuff. Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in those series. Uh, and I mean that uh, mostly good. There's some, there's, it's, it's a lot. It, it's, it's packed full with a lot of characters and plot points and twists and turns. And a lot of people, all the thing in common is they all have opinions of Han Solo. So I'm trying to remember exactly what Boba Fett said other than, you know, it's also kind of a job. He's like, I, no, no, this is my, you, you all stole my job. I need yeah. to go collect my pay. Um, but without a doubt, it's, it's, it's always got, I think it be personal from Boba Fett when it comes to home. Yeah. Yeah. So like, now you grew up with that, right? That, uh, that idea that Han and Boba Fett were kind of arch enemies, right? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's kind of, um, what Jedi led me to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so regardless of then of what's, what's in the war of bounty hunters, I just wanted to acknowledge that I might've missed something mm. there. Um, I would love on screen after these years of kind of like, yeah, no, uh, they're, they're kind of adversaries, right? Uh, 
I would love to see on screen uh, Tamura Morrison express, you know, exactly what Boba thinks of Han at this point. Does he consider him like a, a worthy enemy? Uh, was he challenging? You know, how many times did they actually uh, cross paths? Uh, did Boba Fett just think of him as, is just another score is, is Han kind of a joke to him? <laughs> like, yeah. like he just gets lucky. Uh, you know, I think that would be really great. Even if it's just like short cryptic emotions, right? I don't need to, to have somebody, you know, mention Han Solo and Boba Fett go, that takes me back and go on a monologue. Right. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that's not going to be the nature of the way Boba Fett's going to express himself. I think this is going to be given mm -hmm. his character, very tip of the iceberg storytelling, but you know, like, mm -hmm. even just a put down would be great. Right. Yeah. If somebody else is like challenging him of like, you know, you, Oh, Boba Fett, you, you were supposed to be the best, right? Like, uh, Han Solo escaped you, you know, and mm. look at him now. He's, you know, he's a big shot, you know, yeah. uh, he, he's, he's known throughout the galaxy. He's a war hero, you know, and, you know, just hearing Boba Fett go, he's not all that. <laughs> 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 and the possibility that Fennec has bumped into Han too. And be like, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I raided his pocket at Maz Kanata's castle and he, when he was drunk and he didn't even know. He's he's not what he thinks he is. I uh, I love this question, Kai. I love um, this being brought up. I, I think in all the discussions that are out there about Boba Fett, uh, you know, we've had a lot uh, about the Boba Fett series. We haven't touched on this one too much to my memory, right? I, I mean, this is something that's kind of, um, mm -mm. Uh, you know, perhaps I'll even say forgotten about the whole conversation about going into Book of Boba Fett because, you know, hey, we're going to, is that a flashback of the Tusken Raiders walking up in the sandstorm to pull him out of the Sarlacc? I love hearing all that stuff. Love thinking about all that stuff. But yeah, he got there because Boba Fett, Boba Fett, boom. I I want, I want to hear Tamara Morrison say something about it. I, I'm with you. I don't need a flashback monologue uh, thing. But one of the reasons uh, I'm really interested is, is some of the conversations you and I have had around Boba Fett is in getting reintroduced to him in Mando. Like uh, he's still who he is. He's still got a violent side, but he's also got a code. He's also just trying to get his way through the galaxy, but also now wants a bunch of power. And who is he? And what side, if any, does he fall on? Is he a softer, uh, more insightful Boba Fett? Or would he still be pretty upset at the guy that put him in that monster's mouth? I, 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 it's a big question and I'm like kind of not expecting a de-aged Harrison to show up or something like that or another actor. Um, but yeah, it almost would feel incomplete if the, if the name wasn't mentioned and Tamara Morrison didn't spit on the ground. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole thing. Solo Patui. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think a, a couple of thoughts that, that are bubbling up as we talk is one, just r reminding myself of kind of, uh, who's behind Book of Boba Fett between Filoni, Favreau, uh, Rodriguez, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that they grew up in the same generation that we did. And I personally can't even remember where the information entered my mind uh, right. be beyond just what we saw in Empire and Jedi. But I think it was in comics. I think it was on trading cards, you know, mm -hmm. that idea that in, in Boba Fett and Han crossed paths a bunch of other times and they're like enemies and Fett finally got him. Like, right, right. That, that idea is baked in so deep. I don't remember where in my life I picked it up. And I wonder if they're the same too, which yeah. would mean that they would really want to do this. Uh, but then you, you're so right. Like, I, I don't think there's any way that they don't reckon a little bit with how does he feel about what happened to him? Like yeah. we could just get to surviving, but how does he cope with, the idea that I was the best and this is what happened to me. Um, yeah. The, one of the things that 
I have for for headcanon that I think makes you know his his uh, death in Return of the Jedi a, a little bit more interesting is is he not paying attention to his surroundings because he's like a Jedi to kill? Great, right? You know. Right. So oh, does he yeah. have opinions about that? Of like less about uh, that bumbling half blind idiot? Mm. You know, got a lucky shot <laughs> mm. on a faulty jetpack, and it's much more about like. I lost my vision because I was, I was fighting the wrong fight. You know, mm-hmm. I saw that Jedi and I just saw nothing but, but red and that's fine. But I let my guard down. Yeah. It's on me. It's on me. I did. It's yeah. I, I, I'm trying to track it in sense of um, reaching across the, to, to game of Thrones again, a little bit with the hound and his comeback. And, and this is show only uh, for those uh, ready to throw the grave digger stuff at me in the, in the books, which is still incomplete uh, of just like, a life of vengeance, uh, and, and he can only leave it so far, uh, change perception of, of what happened with uh, Brienne taking him, all these kind of things, just some kind of similar vibe. I think it's going to be played a lot differently, Boba Fett, obviously, but it's that type of thing of like, you know, you're you're here, yes, because you, you lost this fight to Brienne and you fell off a cliff uh, in that fight and left for dead, but maybe she wasn't the reason, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can yeah. you come to terms with that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think from that trailer that we got where he's, you know, wanting to to, you know, uh, have uh, respect, not fear and get this all organized. I'm still getting these vibes, that, you know, directly from the wire when Stringer Bells is like, look, mm-hmm. we, we, if we just quiet down, <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. Because Boba Fett obviously has an emotional reaction to seeing the Empire again, but he's got to be aware he's working in this new world where the New Republic, mm. if they ever decide to look this way might be a problem for him and those old enemies might be a problem for him. And this idea of like, let's not draw unnecessary attention to ourselves. You know, yeah. I don't want, you know, I don't want Luke Skywalker and Han Solo trying to settle a score, you know? Yeah. So funny. I random note. I was, I was rewatching the tragedy this uh, weekend. Uh, just uh, a <laughs> Boba Fett talk around. And, and that is a weird in in a good and intriguing way that 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 beat with him seeing the star destroyer and being like oh no they're back like yeah. there's something about that i like and, and and will that factor in it all going forward in the storyline i don't know but it was it's it, it really stands out when you watch it now i feel like the trailer really backs it up that he is thinking on a bigger picture he isn't thinking one to one he isn't thinking mm-hmm. i'm the hunter who's my prey today he's thinking i want to be in charge of an organization yeah i want to be a mover and shaker what are the other powers that be in the galaxy it's like we all come to that point of I'm going to start my own company. Uh, I'm going to incorporate and I'm going to do something by myself. I'm tired of working for other people. Yeah. And I just need to get uh, some of these uh, Aqualish to uh, respect me and everything will be fine. There you go. That's the whole plot. <laughs> all right. Any other thoughts on that great question? No, other than it's, it's a great one. And I'm sure it's been discussed other spots and other shows. And we've mentioned things here and there. But I, I love uh, loved getting the focus on the Han of it all and as it relates to Boba Fett. Yeah, and I, I think with all those deep thoughts, I think your uh, your guess that uh, Hans' name will come up and Boba Fett will spit on the ground is is the most accurate. At a at a Western music cue hits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, we move on to our final question. This comes to us uh, from a patron on Patreon, Bryce Hansen. Uh, Bryce says. My favorite Star Wars movie might be The Rise of Skywalker, but I'm still a bit fuzzy on the concept of a Force dyad. I know this means there is a deeper-than-usual Force connection between Kylo and Rey, but I was wondering 
Were they each born as part of this dyad or did they become a dyad later in life by the will of the force? Did life circumstances create the bond or was it mere happenstance? Did the force fuse them together so they might be strong enough to defeat the rising threat of Palpatine, therefore bringing back balance to the force? The latter is my personal theory, but I hope to hear your thoughts. Uh, great thoughts, Bryce, and we are excited to discuss the dyad. So, Ken, uh, where do you go with all this? What, what do you think is, uh, when do you think the dyad happened? What do you think the dyad is? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I am perfect to fail to answer this question correctly because I'm like <laughs> Bryce where, the Rise of Skywalkers become my favorite of the Disney era movies to watch. Um, you know, if we're going to rank things, I might put things higher, blah, blah, blah. But if I'm just like, Ooh, it's a Sunday afternoon. I think I want to, I want to watch Rise of Skywalker again. That's me. But also, uh, especially the first time I sat there and was like, what, um, Hey, what's a dyad? I don't know. I did. I I'm a nerd, but I did. I did. It seems to be some from fantasy games. I didn't pay attention to or something like that. You know, we all have our categories of nerdsms. So I'm with you, Bryce, on a lot of things. And just if I go to this idea of just even going back to episode seven, the Force Awakens, I go to our big conversations and 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 conversations uh, that we have around. Um, you know, destiny, which you, you might be the chosen one, but you still have a series of choices along that path. I love kind of combining that, swirling it all up in a blender and getting the idea that the force, whether or not there might have been some kind of connection, I don't know. But the force going, there needs to be something always in mo motion is the future and something's going on and we need to kind of build up a defense against it. I'll start my thoughts and conversation there. Where it goes from there, uh, maybe it's kind of crazy, but and that the force, not that that force created them, but just like something was there. Snoke bridges the gap, which might be driven by Palpatine. And the force is like, whoa, uh, darkness rises and light to meet it. I need to do something here. Yeah, no, I think there's a ton of great and interesting ideas. And I think that's a, a part of the power of this is that it is a little open for debate. It, there's a little bit of room to dream, right? It's, it's yeah. mythic and romantic and uh, you can process it in different ways. In terms of just, you know, what it is, for me, I, I kind of take it as this idea of, uh, you know, Yoda saying, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. And in the idea uh, of, of us all existing is mm -hmm. spiritual energy, right? That they are connected. They are, they are so connected as to be one. <laughs> yeah. The physically separate beings, uh, but it, when it comes to the crude matter, physically separate, but as luminous beings... Uh, they are one. Uh, now, when you get into the why of it, you know, mm -hmm. that and, and, you know, getting more technical about the when, um, that stuff is what gets really fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. And you, when you talk about the will of the force, right? Um, yeah. Like uh, Bryce saying is like, you know, did the will of the force, you know, bring them together, make them a dyad uh, for the purpose of defeating Palpatine? You know, even if you you go with that and believe it's the will of the force, you know, you you get to wonder, well, what what is the will of the force? What is is it a fate? Mm -hmm. Is it destiny? Is it a presentation of choices? Is it like a, an actual like plan? <laughs> yeah. You know, what does the will of the force truly want? We hear what a lot of characters think, but it's you know, even in in inside Star Wars, it's a sort of um, it's a belief of of faith that yeah. you know that uh, the force you know has a plan mm. uh, so i think yeah yeah and that, and that, that question of uh what that is within the lore of star wars but then also kind of uh, just as us as audiences watching these stories what do we choose for that to mean in terms of a metaphor 
Yeah. 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 And yeah. And I think maybe that's why I go to some of this, uh, it, uh, you know, a little bit with what Bryce is talking about. I've just like, there's some circumstances, there's some choices that led to this. If Kylo banded done something else, does, does this need to happen? I don't know, but yet there is something uh, between them, some kind of connection that was present in even force awakens when they're kind of, you know, aware of each other's uh, inner uh, dark doubts and secrets. Uh, so yeah. And, and, and that, that's, again, this is a, I joke, but it's like, I, I have to kind of break it down and approach it as simply as possible. Cause uh, you know, it, it is a big wild concept and, Rise of Skywalker's got a lot of big, wild, kind of crazy things in there, and I think it's fun to just uh, have that lead you to the wonder. And and uh, and I, I I take solace in uh, things emerge that can get you through the next fight. Yeah, and I, I think for me that's a, a lot of what I like to think about Star Wars as is you and I have discussed a lot of you know fate and destiny. There are things about our existence that that you know we we don't control. You know, uh, we don't control the circumstances of our of our birth. Uh, but then once we are here and we exist, uh, sometimes the circumstances of our birth create choices and options for yeah. us uh, that we then get to choose to navigate. And I think. The dyad is really fascinating to me on that level. I, I kind of think, like, you know, it, it existed from the moment of their existence because the mm-hmm. circumstances of their birth meant yeah. they would face similar choices, similar pains, similar challenges. They were sort of destined to walk the same path, right? Right. Of, yep. um, you know, that's that's the way Kylo literally kind of describes it. It, from his perspective to Ray of like, we are both the, the grandchildren of uh, powerful dark side force users. Um, and, you know, cause he's trying to sell that version of it, of we are destined to the darkness. We're kind of this mirror of, you know, uh, the, the father of my mother and the, the father of your father. And he's kind of trying to pe- create that. Like they they are mirrors destined to, you know, walk the path of the dark side. But that's Kylo's, you know, perspective when he knows part of the truth, but also wants to manipulate her to to join him <laughs> yeah, yeah. and to make the choice that he wants her to make. But I feel like the there's there's the like the lineage of their bloodline of that question of, you know, mm-hmm. light and dark and how much you get to choose who you are um, because you choose based on anything, you know, in your blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's they're also emerging as these incredibly powerful people uh in this time where there aren't as many force users we're we're led to believe and massive power means massive choice Mm. and that is a thing that they're both going through that only they can truly understand in one another yeah and that's i think one of the big bonds in the last jedi uh and then i think the, the just in the story right they are connected by uh, that power, that lineage, but then what they're both feeling, right? They both have this deep fear of being alone, but it's kind of mirrored in that Ben is born with kind of everything, with all the family he mm-hmm. could ever want, but he fears that they will uh, leave him or reject him. And Ray is left alone and grows up with no one, and then she fears that she will never make connection. And he, even if she does, she will lose them. You know, both of their key traumas are about what if I end up alone and also have all this power and I'm not exactly sure what to do with it. I got people whispering in my ear. Here is this other person who seems initially entirely different from me, but is actually wrestling with all of the exact same things. Right. And that level of... um 
uh, of life circumstances bringing you together is to me this kind of great it's great to to you can kind of plot it as as narrative and as character development but then you can kind of take it a step farther and say does that make uh, two people's soulmates if mm. they are so walking the same path and in this moment in time they're kind of the only people walking that path and kind of the only people who are going to be faced with uh, the this, this amount of power which means that heavier burden of choice which yeah, I was going to say, you're comforting me. See, it's comfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Home of soulmates. I, yeah, I mean, I think in maybe it, to make it just simpler, it is it, this evolution of story where we, we've seen in the Skywalker saga, we've seen Anakin go through this journey. We've seen Luke yeah. go through this journey. We've seen all sorts of people with no force powers, like Han Solo, go through this journey of who do I want to be? How do I want to define myself? What are my choices going to be? And this is... It, a different view of that where it's two people intimately connected, mm -hmm. but what the whole battle between uh, Ray and Ben is, is, you know, by the middle of, uh, of last Jedi, they both want to be connected. Yeah. And they're pulling on one another of how they're going to use that connection. The choice of, do we want to be connected is, is, you know, gets determined, I would say kind of middle-ish of last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. And then, Kylo's pulling of like, yep, we'll be together and we will live a, a life of uh, combat and pain and we will rule all and crush all, you know? Yeah. And Ray's saying, no, let's be together. Come over here. We, we will work together. We will find all that connection that we've both, you know, pined for our entire lives, you know? Yeah. And the final thought for me, I know I'm going on a bit. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I, to, to break it down, like the most important thing to me is I think Rise of Skywalker, totally understand if people don't like it. But one of the reasons I like it is its choices are so clear and make so much sense to me on a thematic level. It is laser focused on these key Star Wars ideas about empathy and connection. No one is truly alone. What happens to one of us affects the other. So for me, like just the emotional, spiritual idea that two people can be so linked that they're almost the same person, maybe the same person, and can pass objects back and forth, can exchange the, the, the deepest fears and the greatest triumphs just in their minds with one another without even speaking across space and time. To me, that's just another way of looking at like a symbiont circle. That's just another way of looking at like the Gungans and the Naboo, right? It, uh, well, it's a different way of looking at <laughs> Leia and, and Luke choosing to come back for Han. When Han grew up thinking, that's not the way the galaxy works. Nobody would ever do that for me, right? Yeah. It is about, you know, not being alone, but being together. What happens to one of us matters to the rest of us. Yeah, I was going to say all of Star Wars ties to episode one now. This has been officially scientifically proven. <laughs> exactly. Everything is the Gungans and the Naboo. I, poking fun at myself, but I do just think it, it, it is a way to present, you know, true empathy, you know, mm -hmm. it, the first six films really deal with this idea of like, what if the greatest villain from Luke's perspective, you know, the person in the black cape with the red lightsaber, what if they're not just a bad guy? What if there's complexity there? What if you're actually connected to that, mm. you know, and you have the potential for that in you, you yeah. know, it, it, that was the intimacy of a, of a father and, and son relationship. And this is this intimacy of this like soulmates, Romeo and Juliet relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, again, uh, Bryce, I'm right there with you on all of it. And, and I love uh, hearing it. And, and I was someone who just, uh, you know, 
I always kind of make fun of my my intelligence level. I, I'll, I'll try not to be self-loathing all the time, friends. But like, yeah, I just sat there <laughs> going, I don't understand it. Let me see what it means. Let me see where it connects with. And and I and I love uh, that's what Star Wars wants you to do. I think it's it's so big and loud, and especially Rise of Skywalker is big and loud. But the concept are, the concepts are very simple. They are are very direct and do connect to the rest of Star Wars. I think you're right to point that out. Yeah, and I think for me that you know that line from. Well, all, all of uh, Sidious Palpatine's plans really is he, he's selling to both of them this idea of connection of like, mm-hmm. all the Sith will live together. <laughs> he, we'll rule together. And it's not what he means. And when he finally realizes, you know, what mm-hmm. he's got there and he has that line, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but the, the now the power of two restores the one true yeah. emperor. To me, that's one of those lines of just like utter clarity uh, uh, from the writing and directing team, the bad guys believe that being alone is good, that one person should dominate everyone else. Yeah. And the, in the heroes, the, the, the thing that's actually creating life <laughs> yeah. is the idea that two people could be that intimately connected and, and find a way to live in harmony. Yep. Yep. For the better of the galaxy, I would say for the better for, of the galaxy, for the better of the galaxy. Yeah. So, uh, some, uh, various thoughts there. Thank you so much, uh, Bryce, for the great and detailed question. And again, uh, final thing I'll say on this again is I like that to me, the thematic ideas are clear, but you get into the star Wars lore of it. And some of the great things that Bryce is saying, like, mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, we can read some different books from the secrets of the Sith to the rise of Skywalker novelization. You can hear some different takes, uh, but it is kind of open for you to, as a viewer, I think to, to play with and think about uh, like Bryce has done and feel like this is the forces plan. Uh, to stop Palpatine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and that's part of it for me too, but go to the emotional stuff. Uh, and I love it. And Bryce, any question that, that references Anakin saying, but I was wondering is a great question. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you for all the questions, Bryce, uh, Kai, Mike, and Broom Kid. Uh, I say the full name for Broom Kid because it just seems weird to say Broom, <laughs> like it's a first name. But anyway, great questions. Definitely a title. Uh, hey, thanks everyone for listening to our show today. Some news, some deep thoughts on the dyad, the whys, the hows, the whats. And a lot of it sometimes remains open-ended, which is what is fun about Star Wars discussions. And hey, if you want to find us, uh, we're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available in a lot of different spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and more. Uh, merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. From there, you get into our Discord where you can have a daily conversation with a wonderful group of Force Center friends. Uh, you can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to cadnapsock.com for information on all the other things I do. From there, I do have a charity spotlight page. Uh, Ken forgot to choose one today, as it happens <laughs> occasionally, uh, but go there. I have a lot of uh, charities I've highlighted before. Uh, tab there, and you can choose to find something that you want to plug into if you want to uh, look outside those Star Wars walls. Joseph, what do you got? Yeah, you can find me Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, uh, josephscrimshaw.com, for lots of other comedy adventures. Uh, this weekend, my wife and I uh, released an episode of my other podcast, Obsessed, discussing the Eternals. So if you are interested in uh, Marvel as well, go check that out. 
And uh, for the thing I'd like to highlight, uh, I would like to uh, once again highlight uh, ResistBot. They are a service where you can go to their website, you can get them uh, on your phone in lots of different ways, and very, very quickly write messages to your reps at every level of government, and ResistBot will take care of all the work of sending it so you can let your reps know what you think is important. That's where you should go. Good stuff indeed. Good stuff from all of you out there. And now it's the time where we say goodbye and we'll see you next week. So for Boba Fett, his memories of Han and that Western tinge spit he's going to have in the saloon about Han. We'll see you next time here on Force Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.